Hey, it's Anita and this is the Anita Posh Show. Hello everybody and welcome to the Anita Posh Show, where it is my pleasure to keep you up to date with topics around Bitcoin on a global stage and also the local impact it has on people like you and me. My guest today is Miss Aura from Harare, Zimbabwe. I got to know Miss Aura last year at the beginning of 2020 when I visited Zimbabwe to research the possibilities and the use of Bitcoin in the country. Ms. Aura was my guest already in October 2020 when we started a project, like a donations project for the school where she's the headmistress. We are going to talk about the situation in Zimbabwe at the moment, how uh, the donations project worked out, how she personally is using Bitcoin, how um, Bitcoin is developing in the country, if people use it or not and a lot of other topics. And as always, you can listen to this podcast in your favorite podcast player. You can stream sats on the Breeze wallet and in the Sphinx chat app. And you can also watch it on YouTube. Please be sure to subscribe to my channels and also to my weekly newsletter. And as always, now a short word from my sponsors and then on to the show. Enjoy. Many people worry about the right storage for their Bitcoin. And yes, holding them isn't always easy. Smartphones get lost, hard drives can crash, and online wallets get hacked frequently. The safest way of storing cryptocurrencies long-term is offline in a physical way. That's why Coinfinity developed the Card Wallet, the professional and easy cold storage solution. The Card Wallet supports various security features such as high-quality materials and tamper-proof features which prevent the manipulation of the card and make it a safe place for your beloved coins. Get yourself a Card Wallet now. You will get 20% off if you order at cardwallet.com anita. That's cardwallet.com slash Anita. Do you want to stay up to date with the things that happen in Bitcoin from my point of view? Then subscribe to Anita's Weekly, my newsletter with articles, videos, quotes, short tips on how to use Bitcoin and all that for free. Subscribe to Anita's Weekly at anita.link slash weekly. Hello, Miss Aura. Good to see you again. Hi, Anita. How are you doing? I'm fine. I hope you're too. I mean, you have such a nice weather, uh, as I can see in the background. Thank <laughs> We're you. We're still, I mean, it's April. It's April. It should be spring here and it's still snowing. And we are in another lockdown until May. What? And yeah. Yeah. That sounds very depressing. I feel very fortunate right now with my beautiful African weather. You know, we're actually getting into, this is what the beginning of winter looks like here. Winter is usually very, very sunny. The sun is out, but like, it'll be a bit chilly. So like this morning, we were all wearing like really thick jerseys and at night as well, we'll be in thick jerseys, but generally it's nice weather during the day. <laughs> yeah, that's the advantage. The one big advantage. Um, please, you've been a guest of me uh, last October in 2020. Please uh, introduce yourself to all the listeners who didn't hear about you until now. Okay. Um, hello, my name is Aura. 
I am, uh, although all my students and all my friends call me Miss Aura because my surname is really long and no one can pronounce it. And I am a school principal based in Harare in Zimbabwe. I also run a startup called Afri Digital or Africa is Digital, uh, where we focus on the fourth industrial revolution and its impact on African economies and communities. We've spoken a lot about my true love and passion, which is St. Anne's Primary School. It's an old community school established in 1947, so it's 72 years old. But uh, at the moment, we, we kind of feel like a startup school because we've gone through so many changes. COVID had a really huge impact on us as a school. You know, we, we lost our school premises. We had to innovate to come up with a way to continue educating our children in spite of the national lockdown. We weren't already like a, a digital, we weren't really digitized, you know, so there was no real means to get through to our students and to educate them. We didn't have the computers or the technology or the Wi-Fi even to do that. So uh, we've gone through a lot of changes. I'm going to say Bitcoin changed my life. Uh, so Bitcoin basically saved St. Anne's. St. Anne's is uh, a true testimony as to the, what Bitcoin can do when used right, you know, and it's not just through trading or whatever, like how it can actually in real time change lives. So that's me in a nutshell. Oh, and a mom. I'm, I'm, I feel like that's my, that's my greatest business card. I'm a mom. <laughs> <laughs> mom as a business card is good. We're going into deep into the question how the school donation project worked out and what happened. Um, but before, please give us a, a brief update or like tell our listeners about uh, the situation in Zimbabwe in general, um, how difficult it is and um, how like COVID also has changed the situation for you. Okay. Zimbabwe is, as most people know in the world, not really the easiest place to live and to make a living. We have had a lot of economic challenges, especially around currency and how our local currency works. Uh, right now we have a, uh, we've adopted the US dollar. So we use both the US dollar and our own currency called the Zimbabwe dollar. The, yeah, the Zim, we call it the Zim dollar, but it's the Zimbabwe dollar. It's, it's challenging since the last time we spoke things some things have improved some things have gotten worse so um the last time we spoke you know i was talking about how fuel is a really big problem like petrol um, we don't have gas here we use petrol and diesel and it was a really huge problem in terms of shortages like you'd have like five kilometers long like whole one two kilometer long fuel queues you know just waiting for petrol you could wait the whole day and still not get it so in that, in that department, fuel has improved. Like you can find fuel without having to join a queue, but now it's really expensive. <laughs> so if you find it, um, you know, it's going to cost you an arm and a leg to get it. And also generally we, we rate things a lot. So living in Zim can be really confusing because you'll get three different prices when you want to buy something. You get the Zim dollar price if it's like electronic money. You get the US dollar price and then you get the cash Zim dollar price. Oh, actually, there's a fourth one. You then also get what's called the eco cash price, which is mobile money. And sometimes people cost these things differently. It's not supposed to be like that. It's illegal, but that's just the way it is. Um, so at the moment, the current rate, the US dollar rate to the Zim dollar is on the black market. It's 120. So it's between 120 wow. and 125 Zim dollars is equivalent to one US dollar. And in according to the, the actual exchange rate like the bank rate it's supposed to be about 84 one zim one us dollar is equivalent to 84 uh zim dollars 
illegally. <laughs> uh, illegally. Last year, when I was in Zimbabwe, I can remember the exchange rate, the black market exchange rate was, I think, 1 to 27. Yes. So it's four times more now. Yes. Yes, it is. It yeah. is. Wow. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And the thing is, the cost of things has also gone up. So it's it's the, as the US dollar, you know, gets stronger, or whatever, the cost of everything goes up. So I think when you came, a loaf of bread must have been about, I think about 30 Zim dollars for a loaf of bread. Right now, a loaf of bread is about 100 Zim dollars, about 95 Zim dollars. So it's, it's, it's intense. Basically, one US dollar will buy you one loaf of bread. Whereas before, one US dollar could buy you two loaves of bread. It used to be 50 cents for a loaf of bread. Right now, it's equivalent to one whole dollar for a loaf of bread. Mm. Um, if not slightly more, if you're using the bank rate, it's more than one US dollar to buy a single loaf of bread, which is really expensive. And you're not earning more. No, no, you're not earning more. You know, your, your, your money stays the same. This is why you'll find right now there's a, there's a huge outcry generally around salaries and how people want to earn in US dollars because most people still earn in Zim dollars. So if you earn 5,000 Zim dollars today is not what it was worth last month because now you have to buy the money. And if you're going to use the black market, that you're making less than $50. Now, if one loaf of bread and you have a family of, let's say, three or five on average, two parents and three children or two children, one loaf of bread is not enough. You need on average about maybe, let's call it five loaves of bread, maybe a week, if you're dealing with five, a family of five, which is generally the standard size of families, between four and five. That's what, $5 a week multiplied by four weeks. That's $20 on bread alone. You earn less than $50. You haven't paid your rent. You haven't bought your utility. You haven't paid for utilities. You don't, you haven't, you know, put in your transport to get to and from work. It's, it's insane. So, you know, people, there's, there's a big, um, there's a big uproar, a big upset around, you know, how people should be at least paid in dollars because at, at least that's money that, you know, a dollar today is going to be worth more next month than it will be today. Whereas Zim dollars today is going to be worth less. It's going to be worth more in relation to the Zim dollar. Because in general, it's not more, I mean, for, for us here, yeah, but for you, yeah. And, and it's understandable that everybody wants to earn in US dollars. And it's also quite hard to get them, is it? I mean, you, you have to be like, go on the black market and meet your local US dollar uh, trader and dealer. Yeah. <laughs> it's a dealer. Drugs. <laughs> but yeah, yes, but trader yeah, is a politically yeah. correct term. <laughs> But it's completely le legitimate that you do this. I mean, that's, that all, that's also this black market, you know, for me, it always sounds like it's something that you're not allowed to do and it's a bad thing, but you, you can't do anything else. It's the only way for you to, to survive. True. True. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. And I mean, the banks have tried to say, okay, no, we can give you US dollar, but like, for example, if you open, we have different kinds of accounts. So you can open a foreign, currency nostro and a foreign currency domestic nostro which is like two totally different kind of foreign currency accounts but if you're going to withdraw that money for some account types you can only draw maybe up to 500 dollars per week 
Others, so that's a hundred dollars a day. Others you can withdraw up to a thousand dollars a day. And of that, you're being charged three percent. So for example, every thousand dollars you withdraw from the bank, you get, they take thirty dollars from you. And it's the same, whether you're going to transfer that money to somebody or whether you're going to just keep that money in the bank or whether you're going to take it out, it's still going to cost you thirty dollars every time you want to take money, which is a lot in the context of if you know, if, if $20, $20 can buy you bread for the whole month, $30 is a lot of money to take from a person. You know, they've tried to make currency available. I mean, I, w- I was talking to my partner the other day and they were saying, you know, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's very frustrating the way they've done it, but at least it's different from when you couldn't get any foreign currency at all from the bank. So it's the, I guess it's just the lesser of two evils, but it's still pretty terrible. And again, not everyone can afford to create an FCA. You know, because you need to put down at the minimum $10, uh, a $20 deposit to open that account, which for some people is like half their salary just to open an account. So it's, it's, uh, Zim is tough. <laughs> Zim is not yeah, for the faint hearted. Yeah. I really don't know how you people manage to survive. Really? We are, we are very resilient. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're resilient. Zimbabweans know how to make a plan. We make a plan. We just make it work. Because this is this is the only home we have. This is our home. You know, this is this is where we live. This is where we do our day to day. And so you have no choice but to just survive and to figure it out. You know, this is why everyone has multiple streams of income. Show me one Zimbabwean who only has one job and I'll be very surprised. You know, maybe those are the millionaires who are okay. The average Zimbabwean works maybe three to five different jobs just to hustle and make an income. Mm-hmm. And can you also talk a little bit, bit about the problems you have, like getting money in and out of the country? Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to get money in, it obviously has to be through World Remit or through your FCA Nostra account. But you can't send money out. You can't. You cannot send any foreign currency out of Zimbabwe. It's, if you do, you have to like have several letters. You have to go through the National Reserve Bank of Zimbabwe. You, you have to you have to go through so many hoops and pay so much money just to send money out. Like it's not a simple process where if you just want to send maybe just twenty dollars to your cousin who's in South Africa and having a heart, you can't do that. You can only receive. Uh, okay, so re- uh, yeah, I, I I read that I think in twenty twenty one billion US dollars were sent to uh, Zimbabwe in remittances. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And then think about how much fees those financial institutions take of that. Yes. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's. And also, if you, if you want to build a business in Zimbabwe, like doing import export with other countries, you actually, I mean, how do you want to do that? Yeah, it's tough, you know, because like you have to go through so many hoops and then like they take so much money from you anyway, you know, during that process that it, it becomes quite discouraging towards the end. Um, for a lot of people who want to do business in Zim just to get the money out. One, the amount of time it takes. Like it takes a really long time to get your money. And two, like, I mean, you would have to have gone through, it ends up costing you so much just to get that money out. So if you're not doing huge volumes, it's not really going to make sense. You know, if you just want to do like a mm. startup and, and sort of test the market, it's not going to make sense. You, you need to make huge volumes for it to make sense, you know, for it to make sense for you. So it hinders innovation and, and building of new startups, etc. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes very yeah. difficult. So now, 
Our topic, of course, is Bitcoin. So you said a lot of things where Bitcoin makes much sense for you people, because also uh, in the history of Zimbabwe, the central bank and the governments changed the currency, took all your money and uh, changed it like the US dollar accounts and changed it into Zimbabwean dollars at par. And now it's only like one to 120. Bitcoin is censorship resistance. Resistant. Now that you've had uh, experience with Bitcoin since like half a year, a year almost. Yeah. What do you see are the use cases for Bitcoin in Zimbabwe? That's a tough question. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I feel like, I feel like it could apply everywhere, especially for young people who are starting their businesses. Like I feel like community development. Okay. My, my involvement, maybe let me backtrack a little bit around yes. you know yes. how i've come to adopt bitcoin initially it was just through sort of saint anne's but obviously as you're dealing with it you know through watching how it works with donations you know on your own you start to get your own sort of ideas of of how you could use this so i've become sort of like a bitcoin a, a mini bitcoin evangelist i'm like a jehovah's witness of bitcoin um, <laughs> door to door. Have you heard about Bitcoin? Um, <laughs> it could save your life. Sorry, um, I'm I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Sorry. <laughs> it is your fault. It is your fault, Anita. I'm glad you took responsibility for that one. Um, <laughs> so when people complain about me, I know where to send them. So I've 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 gone through a process of like I've I've had like my parents, for example, live in a very sort of remote sort of town very small, obscure kind of town called Chegutu. And I've had them jump on board, you know, and, and starting, you know, really? yes. So they've got their wallets going and now they're educating themselves. And now they're sharing with their friends who live in even smaller towns and cities and saying, Hey, you should open a oh, Bitcoin wow. wallet. Um, I'm always telling people open a wallet. If, if I have anything in my Bitcoin, I always send like maybe five bucks or 10 bucks if I can. And, and just say, I want you to just watch it just for a month, just sort of, you know, see how it works. It's, it's not your money. So you don't feel panic because a lot of people tend to feel panic that putting my money in this volatile, risky thing. And what if my money just disappears? You know, um, it's easy to just put five, mm -hmm. 10 bucks for someone that five, 10 bucks is a lot of money. It can do a lot, you know, so I try to sort of mitigate that by funding their pre-funding their wallets and just sort of just to help them build confidence. So um, I've seen it help, especially in terms of like just supporting in communities where maybe it's not as accessible, but it's not difficult trying to build networks around, you know, where they can, because again, in Zim, it's really about the fiat currency. We're not quite yet in the savings frame of mind because a lot of people live hand to mouth, you know, um, it's hard to do that when you don't know where your next dollar is coming from. But in terms of the simple things like how to send money without super huge charges amongst each other, just within our community, sort of building our own kind of bank, you know, our own sort of banking system. So I see Bitcoin definitely, you know, becoming a lot like EcoCash and how people treat EcoCash. And I feel like savings has become a big part of it. I then do like joint family savings where we all put our money together in one wallet. Because mm -hmm. one thing I realized with Bitcoin is that if I have $10 versus if I have $100, if Bitcoin goes up, let's say today, it just shoots up to 62. I won't see much of a difference with my $10 as compared with my 100. I find like when we all pull together, we stand a chance to 
<laughs> you know, be in a better savings position. I'm not sure if that is true, but um, what I think what we, what the next step for you and me in terms of where you can go is that I'm showing you the lightning network. Because uh, sometimes the fees on the Bitcoin network getting very high. So sending five US dollars does not make sense when you have to pay high fees that are like three dollars. Yeah. And there's a possibility with a different wallet to send much smaller amounts for much smaller transaction fees. But that's the next step. But for saving the Bitcoin wallet is, is a good way to do that. Yeah. I'm sure that you know that price might be rising for a couple of weeks and months, it will go down again, you know? So everybody has to think long-term, but I, I am, I sure, I'm sure you know that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And also just sort of explaining that to people. I, I, that's usually my first protocol that this is not fast. You know, I'm going to say it's not, it's not like fast catch. It's not a, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's, it's exactly, it's something it's building a nest egg. So even my parents, I mean, they're already, retired by force simply because of unemployment for them this is a nest egg and say so this is not money that you can just decide okay i'm gonna touch today and i'm gonna put it in today and take it out tomorrow it's not that's not what it's for it's for us to keep maybe for the next three to five years and, and just sort of see where it is after that period of time so that's sort of been um you know around the kind of education i try to do i spend a lot of time with older people as well so um it's been really important even um just in trying to get them to say look we don't trust no one trusts trust banks our banks are under our pillows and under our mattresses we all know that you mm -hmm. know we just save the money under the mattress but you know getting building that trust again just to say Yes, I know it's on the internet. That's been probably the biggest hurdle because it's internet based. So it's not enough to educate about Bitcoin. I, we have to educate alongside digital literacy. Mm -hmm. And that has been probably one of the biggest hurdles in that sometimes you're dealing with someone who's not digitally literate, who doesn't understand the internet outside of WhatsApp and who doesn't trust it. So you now have to build trust in the internet, first and foremost, before we even get into Bitcoin. Um, and then also the device issue sometimes is a problem. Not everyone will have a smartphone that can actually keep a wallet on their phone, you know. So they end up having to deal, okay, no, do it on my daughter's phone or, or okay, let me ask my cousin. So those are sort of the kind of challenges, you know, I've been facing at the moment. But I, I do see just in this, you know, little things like, especially like around donations, we'll be able to help people be able to send money also being able to work together like collaboration i've now built a team it's weird i work with people in ghana and they pay we pay salaries through bitcoin oh wow yeah they earn their salaries he's been earning a salary through bitcoin since december and got into a habit of saving his money now where he doesn't take it all out and he was telling me the other day how you know the money that he got in december and what it looks like now He's like, I'm so glad I just waited. And he's like, I, I don't want to touch it anymore. I want to leave it there for the next three years and see where it is, you know, because he's seen the value in it. So, and it's helped really broaden, you know, even just the way we collaborate, working with different people. You know me, Anita, I'm big on Ubuntu. You know, I am because we are. I feel like, especially as young Africans, we need to start working together across the different countries. So uh, because you learn from each other, you learn, you know, how they do things there. They learn how we do things here. And it just makes for a much richer and diverse sort of pool for innovation and for, you know, problem solving and for coming up with new ideas and for working together. So I feel like it would be, it's really fantastic in that regard that I can send money to him instantly. And within seconds, he's checking, he's like, oh, my money's in. 
He's like, oh, yeah. And it, not like we'll remit, we'll take a couple of days. And then he has to go physically go to a bank and submit a name. Like it's, it's seamless. And because their economy works a lot better than ours, he can actually access his funds a lot easier than we have. We have still have to go through a lot of hoops if I want to get fiat currency. But for him, his ecos, it's interesting to see how it works in a working economy. And for him, it's like, it's blown his mind. Sometimes he even buys things online using Bitcoin or he'll pay for even just oh, cool. airtime and extra, like using Bitcoin. For him, it's like, mm -hmm. it's changed his life. Okay, super. That's very interesting. Maybe I can talk to him one day. Yes, you must. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Great. Let's talk a little bit about the effects that uh, the donations we did in October had on the school. Where do I start? Where do you, where do I start? <laughs> okay. First and foremost, I know this is so unconventional, but I want to show you our school. This is what Bitcoin did. This is what Bitcoin did. <laughs> Bitcoin gave us a beautiful school with a swimming pool. Look at that. So fancy. Wow. Oh um, my God. <laughs> it, it gave us, we had no school. Anita. Wait a little, a little bit. Uh, don't, so that our audience doesn't get the impression Bitcoin paid for everything here. I mean, yeah, just. <laughs> okay. No, it wouldn't. Okay. Let me say it, it helped us achieve what we needed to achieve. Maybe to backtrack a little, to give context, because we have a lot of people who, who, who don't. Maybe this is your first time meeting my crazy self and my very strange personality. St. Anne's lost its school premises of 72 years due to COVID-19. Um, we weren't getting any new school fees. We were unable to pay our rent. We weren't able to meet any of our obligations. Um, the school already wasn't in a really great place because so, it was sort of operating more like a little bit more like an NGO, not intentionally, but we're, you know, just generally not in a good place financially. It had no systems or infrastructure. So when, when we lost our premises, we had no way going forward. And sort of how, how we ended up where we are today is initially, Anita, you, you had started sort of a, a run for donations much earlier on. I think it was in March last year. In, in May. In May, May. Sorry. Yeah. In May last year it was, yeah, it was on your birthday. Sorry. My bad. Um, and, <laughs> And we managed to raise enough. Our plan was, okay, this is it. We're shutting down the school. And this is the end of St. Anne's. And I think I remember telling you that, look, we're just looking for just a couple hundred just so that we can at least, you know, pay off teachers and give them something to get through lockdown and, and to just sort of cover our, our water bills and, and just pay off our debts and just close up shop. But through that, we managed to raise way more. I, I believe it was about 1.5 that we managed to raise. Yeah, but that was, uh, the, the price was very low, much lower than now. So it, it, yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and you spent it. Yes. So we, we spent it. Yeah. Um, and, and we used that to start a distance learning program. So the, the big, the big purchase that we made for us was a printer because the school didn't own a printer. And because we knew our students, not all of them, initially the idea was buy data for everyone and do Zoom. And realized most of our students don't even have access to the devices that we want to do the Zoom on and or in areas where network is very bad. So we went for a hybrid approach. So we, we bought, um, a printer. We bought, uh, like bond paper. We bought stationery for all the students, masks, sanitizers. Uh, everything they could possibly need to start homeschooling. Because the, the idea was that we now need to bring school into the homes. So that's sort of where we started. And that was our sort of first interaction with donations from, from, um, through Bitcoin. From there, we managed to obviously build and start earning, um, some money. We weren't paying, we weren't charging full fees. So 
not everyone was earning therefore we were most of us all of us actually were on half salaries we also had to still let go about half of our staff so we were on a skeleton staff but we were managing we we're keeping afloat and then you know sort of a year goes by and we realize economy is opening up again lockdown is now finishing and schools have to reopen but we don't have the school uh we even did we, we did our exams in a field under a tent <laughs> that's where we did our school exams we had nowhere to do them and so now we were left with a conundrum where we need to we need a school we need to be able to secure a premises at least by January because we were supposed to have started school on the 4th of January. It was like by December, we have to have secured a place because even the parents were getting very antsy, like, okay, you've been doing distance learning, but is there anywhere for our children to go? Now, we didn't have enough children through distance learning to be able to afford to secure a place. And also because we were not charging full fees because it was distance learning, we we're not earning enough. We're literally earning exactly enough to buy internet and to pay stuff. To buy internet to do the Zoom lessons because we eventually evolved to Zoom and to pay staff their half salaries. That's what we were earning from our distance learning program. So that's when I came back and I cried. And Shona was like, I came. I was like, Anita, I don't know what to do. <laughs> we need a school premises and we can't secure it. So what we were trying to fundraise for was um, to try and find enough to secure the deposit. And then the goal was we will then work twice as hard to make sure we at least fill up the school, get enough students, be able to receive our school fees again. And we will then continue from there. So we did manage to raise enough to pay for our deposit and to secure the school premises. Every, uh, there was also change. We managed to manage our money well. There was a bit of change. And from that change, we were able to sort of get all the things that were required. Because when we got here, the school wasn't really looking the way it was. There was literally just gravel. I'll share some. I think I shared some pictures on Twitter. But there was, there was nothing. There was no grass. The pool was like just literally just rocks. There was nothing. It, it was it was a shell that we got here. So we managed to use some of that money to fix up some of the basic things, buy like um, like sanitation things. So we've got like little uh, dispensers for sanitizer for the students. Um, a lot of schools throw that cost to the parents. Like each child has to bring sanitizer, their own sanitizer, bring their own everything. We have spare masks. Children get free masks if their masks are broken or if they're not. You know, we've we've managed to create. Um, a system like that so it sort of gave us a leg up a lot of a lot of the work yes we've we've had to do on our own i remember initially saying we don't actually have enough furniture but because we had a secure place we were able to get enough students and we were able to buy our own new furniture we were able this was all through school fees we were able to to sort out our school premises set up a sick bay which you don't know this yet but our sick bay i was so sad it's not ready we wanted to show you but it's called the Anita Posh Sick Bay. That's here at our school. <laughs> it's a, it, yes, it's, a, it's the Posh Sick well, Oh my the nick, God. The nickname the posh, is the Posh, the posh Bay. It's the posh, yes, it's the Posh Sick Bay. It's the Posh Bay. It's actually like labeled the Anita Posh Sick Bay, but it's not quite ready to show you yet. But we will be um, oh sending you pictures. I'm, I'm honored. But please call it Posh Bay and not Posh Sick Bay. It sounds like I'm sick. <laughs> Which I am a little bit. <laughs> you get vaccinated. Um, <laughs> the, sick, the, the sick posh bay. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds terrible. Okay, we'll call it the posh bay. Yeah, um, yeah the posh bay. Yay. But it, it is named after you. We, we didn't know how else to honor you. 
But for us, for us, the sick bay was really important. Like the reason why you wanted the school premises is St. Anne's has never had a sick bay. And also because of COVID, health has taken a whole new priority, you know, a lot differently. Medication is very expensive in Zimbabwe. It's very expensive to get sick. Especially now with COVID, a lot of hospitals are very anxious about taking people. Sometimes they'll ask for 2,000 US dollars up front before they've even let you through the door. That's a lot of money. So we offer the sick bay for free to all students. Parents don't have to pay a levy on it. It's not something that's currently like funded through donations. This is just us uh, trying to give back the way the Bitcoin community has given back to us, the way you've given back to us. So we, we've taken it upon ourselves to give back to our students and to our staff. They get free healthcare, free checkups. And yeah, that's sort of where we are at the moment. With That's what, where donations have, have brought us so far. Well, 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 thank you very much. I'm honored and I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm humbled to, to, uh, have been able to help you in that way, like myself and of course our audience, because a big part of those donations came from our audience. And I think there has been a new development. One of the donors did something else. Please tell us so about So this was that. amazing. Um, we, uh, a donor got in touch and she had said she wanted to pay Uh, to help a child through tuition. Now, because of lockdown, a lot of children, unfortunately, we had some of our old students who weren't able to come back or who, who come back and who are really, really struggling with fees because COVID has really hit families hard. They have no money. Even though our fees are actually quite low compared to other schools, it's still a lot for a lot of families, even just uniforms, buying school uniforms, soft shoes. So we had a donor come through and say, we want to cover the tuition of one student. And then after lots of, uh, you know, back and forths, we did identify a young man whose father passed away last year and his mother has been doing every odd job. Like, and, and sometimes she'll literally come with like single $1 notes in $5 from like selling vegetables here or doing some peace jobs there or, you know, whatever she could do. She did everything she could to put her child through school. And he's a very bright boy, very quiet, very good natured. And, and they suffered really hard. So together with, I don't know whether I can say her name, maybe let me not, because she wanted to remain anonymous even to the parents. But she, um, it's a she, that's all I can say. Um, she, you know, had a, was amazing and basically sponsored a scholarship where she paid full tuition for um, this young man for the year to complete his education. And that I think is such a powerful thing his his mother to date has not stopped literally every time she comes she just bursts into tears every time i just can't believe it you know because it is such it's so impactful and you know uh, this young boy kupa he's he's gone through he's even just the way he approaches schooling now is so different he was already like such a diligent student but right now he really like just goes 110 percent Like he gives it his all because he's so grateful for an opportunity to learn. And I thought that was so beautiful. As much as, you know, all the, the donations have given the children a place to learn, being able to see it really impact a family and for her to even start asking, so what is this Bitcoin? How do I get into it? You know, and that sort of thing. That, that was such a, a huge impact. This boy is going to have education for the rest of the year, despite whatever happens in his household. And his mom gets to just focus on being a mom you know, and not have to just be hustling all the time to find money for school fees. So 
that was really beautiful, such a beautiful thing to happen. Yeah, that's true. That's really a, a moving story and, and great. I mean, and also to see that the boy knows to, to like, uh, honor it. I mean, he, he, he understands how important that is and he's going 110% now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So I also, I, I, I can remember we did a small workshop with, uh, your staff. Yes. So you, you, you educated your teachers about Bitcoin. How did this work out? Yes. Obviously they were just seeing all this stuff happening, the donations coming in. And, and of course at some point they were like, okay, what is, what is this? Initially they were like, hmm, this monopoly money of war is weird internet, you know, money. But after they saw, you know, what it did to help us get this place, they were very keen. So we had a workshop with Anita and uh, talked a bit more about Bitcoin, helped them to try and understand. And through that, I had about four of them who were keen to try it out. And one who actually created the wallet and actually started her savings account. So that, that's been really interesting. And, and she's totally fascinated by it. She's like, I don't understand it, but she's like totally fascinated about it and, and, um, has, has started using it quite diligently. We've got the others. Their challenges have been around their mobile devices. So getting proper mobile devices to be able to hold the wallets, but definitely a lot more, you know, of a keen interest, you know, um, The other day, one of them was like, hey, did you know Bitcoin has gone up to 60,000? I was like, oh, excuse me. You know, it was really cool um, that they've just, they've just taken an interest in it and they, and they know that it's there. But um, their biggest challenges have been around just the devices to, to actually install a wallet. You know, either their devices are too old or, you know, not able to hold the app or, you know, that sort of thing. So that has been the challenge. But I do have one who has been quite diligently saving a part of her salary every month and putting it into bitcoin mm -hmm. that's cool yeah i i mean you i mean yes on the one hand there are those obstacles uh that have to like go through time you know in the future hopefully people have better smartphones uh and also you you can't force them you know people have to have their own curiosity in it and and to want to learn about it Uh, you can't force them to use it. So I think you're, you're doing such a great job there in educating people about it. I'm, 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 I'm so happy to see that. And just recently I was, uh, researching the internet about Bitcoin in Zimbabwe. And last year when I visited you and I did that prior to my, my journey, um, I didn't find People like talking about it on the internet. And now I've seen there are one, two, three people who, who doing like uh, podcasts about it, uh, webinars. What is going on here? Do you see, um, like the seedlings? Absolutely. Uh, coming people up? are fascinated. Um, the harder life becomes, the more you start to look for alternatives. So I feel like there's definitely been an uptick in the number of people very interested in Bitcoin and who are, who are just trying to have conversations i think i try to tag you a lot on twitter when anyone asks what is this bitcoin thing i always like tag you know watch uh bitcoin 101 the basics but there is definitely um a greater it's sort of a it's a double-edged sword because more people in the you know privately are, are taking an interest meaning that also government is kind of like you know kind of looking at it a bit more like hmm, who are you bitcoin people Oh, what are you trying to do? You know, so there's now also coming under a bit more scrutiny than before. They've sort of ignored it for a while, but because more and more people are talking about it, 
uh, you find, you know, more and more government institutions and the government itself is starting to really like, you know, sit up straight and, and start to ask a bit more questions and pay attention. And um, from what I understand, also try to understand who are these Bitcoin personalities, you know, people who are driving people to use Bitcoin. Who are they? You know, why are they doing that? Who are they sponsored by? You know, <laughs> so um, that's sort of going to, that's a little bit of a challenge that comes with it. But it's been really positive to see more and more people talking about it and trying to understand it. I'm so sorry for the noise. Break time just started. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> okay. Yeah. No, but but it's it's fine. Uh, I can still hear you. Um, okay. So, what can we say to close this down? Uh, I mean, yeah. What I understand also, it's hard for you to talk about it. So I'm I'm because many people, I think, if I would live in Zimbabwe, I don't know if I would be so open about it. Because you never know what the government will do. You know, it's not your country. Your country is quite dangerous for people in that respect. And so I, I yeah, I'm always like um, very aware of that. And um, hopefully um, you're in a good position, you know. I mean, what what would you do if, if the government would ban Bitcoin now? Because that's possible, you know, if they see it's a danger for them, for their currency power plays, uh, would you still hold it? Yes. 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 Because, because I mean, it's, I mean, you always say this, but I, I now like have internalized it. It's real for me. Bitcoin is people money. It's ours. You know what I mean? It's not for anybody, you know, and I've seen it do too much good for me to throw it away. I've seen it literally change lives. You know, I've, I've seen it literally change the way we, we even think about money and, and think about the concept of money, you know. So for me, um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's dangerous to do anything in this country, but it, it's going to take a lot you know, to, to stop me from even talking about it because I know what it can do. You know, I, I know how it can help so many people and, and it's helped me a lot. I mean, it's, 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 it's revolutionized me. Sorry. Yes, sweetie. Someone got hurt. Oh, what happened? Is she bleeding? Okay. Take her to Mrs. Shoniwa and take her to the sick bay. Okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> to, to the posh sick bay. <laughs> to the posh. <laughs> you see, there's your sick bay working in real time, Anita. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. So, okay. So you wouldn't give it up. Uh, it would actually, I guess, uh, you would do the opposite and people would get more interested in it. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's my dream to see it being really, really adopted. Like, you've, I don't know what you've done to me, Anita. It's your fault. It's your fault. Um, even if I get Sorry. arrested, uh, the bill, the bail bill is coming to you, Anita. Um, <laughs> oh my! <laughs> I will pay. Um, but but yeah, I, I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't. It would be foolish to stop. Um, it would be foolish because in the next five years, I mean, we're getting there slowly, slowly. You know, we are gonna have a. We we have a like a parent teacher meeting, uh, like one of the first in this, pre in this premises scheduled uh, for end of April. And we, we are going to sort of have a conversation with our parents about it before we introduce it to the children. Because, you know, out of respect, maybe parents were like, no, we don't want our kids to know about that. So we're going to, we're going to, you know, share a bit more. We have had parents asking like, oh, we follow you on Twitter. What is this Bitcoin thing? You know, what, 
what is it really about? You know, is it dangerous? Is it going to affect our children? No, it's not. So we're going to have a, a sensitization sort of um, discussion. I don't want to call it a workshop yet uh, because the workshop, you'll be the one there. So you'll know that. <laughs> but um, like, yeah, we're going to have just a discussion to sort of, you know, bring awareness towards it. And then also eventually share that, look, we, we do eventually want to even reward children in Bitcoin. This, this was, uh, this was a, a suggestion uh, given by uh, Chris, you know, Chris. And, and he was like, um, you know, a reward system of some kind utilizing, you know, Bitcoin or, or wallets, you mm-hmm. know, where mm-hmm. a, ch- a child gets a wallet and you know, whether it's on their parent phone and as an incentive, as an award, you also get, I don't know, a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin or something like that. The goal is to eventually be able to even empower the kids because we teach our kids entrepreneurship. So understanding cryptocurrency would be a really good aspect of it all because it's it's also changing the way entrepreneurship works you know that you can earn even in cryptocurrency and not just in you know fiat or eco cash whatever so that's sort of the the goal so i mean i can't stop and I, i can't stop what i'm doing because it's 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 got a much bigger plan that goes beyond me and my own personal use of it whatever the goal is to empower a whole generation i mean these kids these these crazy wonderful people you know needs need a shot at what it's like to live a life where no one is controlling your money well uh, i'm i'm so pleased to hear that you're a real uh trailblazer you're a pioneer uh and my personal hero you know really oh what um, really you're the one with the sick day yeah <laughs> no yeah but but you're you're the one doing that you know Uh, right, like really, um, doing it and applying it in your life and, uh, in all your surroundings and the people in, in Ubuntu manner, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love to see it and I love to, uh, be a part of your future workshops and all the things you are going to do. Yeah. And you can like count on me if you really need anything. Like, uh, I mean, I really don't hope that you get arrested for using Bitcoin, but it's a possibility. I mean, really, uh, I'm, I'm, go- I'm being, I'm here and I guess my audience will also be, will be here to back you as far as we can do that. Yeah. Thank you. Share the hashtag if it ever comes out. I am not going to jinx myself and say it, but if there's a free aura hashtag, y'all better retweet that. Because <laughs> I need to be free. I will. <laughs> thank you so much. Uh, we don't hope. No, yeah, we thank don't you hope so for that. much, Aura. Yeah, thank you very much too. And the donation site where our audience can uh, donate Bitcoin and Lightning, it's still open. Uh, people, you can find it at anita.link slash 83. That's 83. And our friend, uh, Tim Akimbo has installed a BTC pay server there. Um, so you can donate anonymously and privately. And if anybody wants to get into contact with you, uh, please contact me on Twitter before my DMs are open and I will, uh, connect you with Miss Aura then. Thank you so much, Anita. I thank you very much. Um, Anything, any message uh, that you want to uh, say to our listeners? Visit Zimbabwe. Guys, like when COVID is not so bad. Like, um, Zimbabwe is so beautiful. I, I, I don't really get a chance to talk much about it usually in these, in these discussions, but I think also with the way, you know, COVID has happened and, And, you know, when you're now let outside again, you realize just how valuable your country is. Like, there's a lot of 
there's a lot of mess, yes, in our country, but like Zim is really beautiful, and and I I hope you'll at least take it into consideration, you know, to 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 see us and and to to meet us. We're very cool people. I think Zimbabweans are cool people, um, and um, and yeah, the the young people here are doing amazing things. Like just just research, go on Twitter, follow a lot of people who are doing amazing things. Like um, there's a whole new generation of young people who are trying to change things. I mean, I'm in education. You know, you've got a lot of other young people who are in communication and media who are doing stuff that that's not always talked about, you know, in the in the in the global media space. Um, and, and I wish we had more support, not necessarily. I've said this before, not just financial support, but just, you know, education links, you know, share content reach out to us, tag us in post so that we know what's going on, you know, and, and we can share knowledge exchange and maybe you can learn a thing or two from us as well, you know? So yeah, like I'm all about Ubuntu. I'm all about collaborating, sharing, you know, and yeah, don't, don't, don't be, don't be put off by Zim and its problems. Like we've got some really cool stuff happening and, and maybe you come through and, and get a tour of St. Anne's primary school. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely coming back as soon as I'm able to do it again. And, and we'll visit the school, of course, and looking forward to meet you again. And for everybody who has no idea about Zimbabwe, I made a six part or five part documentary in my podcast. You can find it at, yeah, on my podcast, basically. <laughs> It's at Bitcoin in Zimbabwe. So thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I don't know what to say. You're doing so great, that great work, so much great work. Um, I'm deeply humbled and keep it up, please. And we stay in touch. Thank you so much, Anita. Keep doing what you're doing. You're inspiring so many of us. Keep, don't stop. Please don't stop. Whatever you're I'm... doing, don't stop. Yeah. <laughs> and okay, thank you so thank much you. to everyone who's ever donated to St. Anne's. We love you. We love you so much. We love you. And I, I know it's not something that people say loosely, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. If I die, and if you ever want to remember me, just know that I said I love you. If you ever, $5, $1, $100, we love you so much. I love you and everything that you've done for us. So grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Goodbye, Aura. See you the next time uh, when we get new updates from Zimbabwe. Yes. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thanks so much for joining the Anita Posh Show today to learn more about Bitcoin. You can find the show notes for this conversation on anita.link show. If you want to get the best stories in Bitcoin from my point of view in your mailbox, go to anita.link weekly and subscribe. And if you have a question or just want to send me some feedback, drop me a line at hello at anitaposh.com. See you next week when it's time for the Anita Posh Show. Music, start with yes, delicate beats. Content, idea and production, Anita Posh. <laughs>